Don't rock in the dark. Lighting elevates your band's stage presence to higher levels of professionalism and dynamic energy. Chauve DJ makes powerful entertainment lighting that sets up and tears down quickly and easily. Pack-and-go systems like 4Bar and GigBar 2 have multiple LED lights on one bar. They're easy to mount and haul with included tripods and bags. Control is easy, too. Chauvet DJ's cutting-edge Bluetooth lighting products produce amazing effects controlled right from a phone or tablet. Don't just rock. Rock the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. What's up? Instagram influencers. This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And coming to you with almost 100 followers from Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. So how you been, Dan? It's been a, it's it's, been a little bit. It has been a minute. It has been a minute. I have been crazy busy and it, the busyness continues, but um, but I carved out time for us. Fantastic. Yeah. I um I got a call from my friend uh, at Orange Amps that he had backstage passes to go to Smashing Pumpkins tonight. Nice. And um, instead we decided to drink beer and then go home. Plan. I so like that's it. what we did. I like it. But it was good to catch up with him. Um, and I'm sure the show will be great. But I just wasn't really uh, wasn't in the mood. We had a fun night. We were out last night, so I just needed a night in. And sometimes, to do this. sometimes you don't want to smash the pumpkins. Nope. Leave the pumpkins Indeed. alone. Let them be. Of course. So, can you uh, you want to catch us up with all the shenanigans you've been up to while, oh, whilst we've been my goodness, well out and about. So, um, it just has been nonstop, um, and part of it has been prepping for three weeks in a row of Friday and Saturday night gigs, which start this weekend. Um, and so, one of the things that is going on about that is that um, my bassist Scott. Big Papa Delap. Um, I should say, at a gig one time, maybe a year ago, some woman in the audience called out to him and pointed at him and said, Big Papa! And it stuck. And he's been Big Papa ever since. Um, partially because Justin and I stuck it. It was so perfect on him that we made it stick. And we referred to him as that ever since. Yeah. Um, anyway, his son, what, he, what his son does for a living is he is a sound engineer on cruise ships. And, uh, or maybe just one cruise ship. But the point is he gets to bring his parents on a cruise once a year. And this cruise that Scott and his wife are going on is, uh, overlaps with two gigs that we booked knowing he'd be out. So it's not like he backed out of them. Um, and I reached out to a sub, uh, who I have heard play, but never played with before, but he played in, in a, a band that was very, very inspiring to the formation of the Lincolns, a band called the Radio Narcs. Um, and, uh, just a killer player, totally killer player. Um, and then he did not turn up at the, mm. uh, opportunity we had to practice that we'd scheduled and planned for and everything. He, uh, and then I heard from him a couple of days later and, um, I believe the night that he didn't turn up, I texted you and said, what's your zero tolerance policy on subs not turning up? And you said zero, exactly zero. Yeah, I said yeah. So I, th- I believe your your exact term was, uh, "Would this person be dead to me, or <laughs> yeah. dead to you?" And yeah. I said yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I might I might consider him again later, but the fact is, I had him replaced by the end of the night. Um, so when he got back to me, I was like, "Dude, sorry." Yeah, ship has sailed. So that means, um, unfortunately, that I have separate subs for the two separate gigs, eh. which is twice the prep work for 
the me, but um, but it's all right. It's all right. Both of, both of them are solid players, and um, they'll get up to speed fast. And I'm not worried about it. So I met gotcha. with one of them last week, and the other one's tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, cool. so that's that's kind of what um, it really is. Uh, it takes um, when your organization is. It does take a village. Um, actually, let me come back to that. It does. Um, when your organization's operating at a high level of professionalism and integrity, it just doesn't take a lot of unprofessionalism to sort of puncture it. It's it's actually really easy to um, just count on people to be professional, and then the minute they're not, it's like this. It throws so much out of whack. Uh, um, it's just an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. I wish I wish there was a little more. Um, I mean, getting subs is a dicey, messy, labor intensive deal anyway. Um, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that uh, because you and I are in bigger markets that these kind of situations might be easier to handle. Um, but I think you and I would both agree that that's not true. It's not true. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> For sure. Yep. So at least I have a little time. The one, the first one is uh, not this coming weekend, but next, and the other one is the week after. So I got a little time to get these guys up to speed and have a full band practice with them, and it'll it'll work. It'll be fine. Cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. What have you been up to? And then on that, yeah, you've got, uh, but you've also had like work stuff too, right? I've also had, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I've also had work stuff. It's been, uh, um, yeah, I took on a whole new thing at work and that's been kicking my butt and been great. I've actually really sure. loved it, but, um, but it has not left me with a lot of free time during the day. I've been taking <laughs> lunches on my own with my iPad to do band work <laughs> during my lunch yeah. hour. Interesting you say that. I've got, a part of that that I want to, I wanted to talk about as well. All right, good. Yeah. But on, uh, on our end an hour, I mean, my, I guess I'm just used to speaking. Like I, I am a group of people because I'm a married person with children. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we did the episode last week with Jimmy and, um, it went so well that we kept on recording and then we posted a bonus episode, which we've never done. And that was kind of cool. Bonus episode. Um, and it was, uh, we had a good time doing that and then uh, played a show, a uh, municipal show on Friday, and that was a makeup date that we um, we got rained out of the first time. It uh, it actually panned out, and uh, that part was good. Um, the big highlight of that show, other than the fact that it happened, um, was I, uh, I, I downloaded the Michael Britt HX Stomp patches, uh. and um, man found a couple of ones that just really, really worked and um, ended up playing my Steinberger for the entire show, cool. which was also kind of a fun little uh, change of pace and um, had a good night on all fronts. Um, so that part was cool. Uh, and then we have a show coming up on Saturday and I'm in, still in the process of kind of doing tracks and prepping for the uh, the 90s thing that's coming up. Um, got all the song, got the song list kind of finalized and just trying to get the um rehearsal schedule planned out um i just got a six space rack for my rehearsal rig nice um so i'll be dropping all that gear in there and um yeah i'm looking forward to cranking that thing up and trying to see how it works so that's the one that'll just live in the basement right yeah i mean it would be technically a fallback rig or like a secondary rig if you know the the need arose but yeah the the idea is that it would just stay at home that's good and it's a xr18 uh, 16. It's 16. Okay. So I'm still trying to figure out the whole, how do I use the main outputs as, um, mono monitor sends? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it can be done, but 
the con- general the, the consensus on how it's done is kind of murky. So huh. trying to figure that out. Interesting. But yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, got to have some cool conversations with people on the Facebook group and in on Instagram and an email, uh, just asking general questions about gear. You know, gear is always one of those things that we can talk about for ages, but it's <laughs> you know there just never seems to be enough talk about it. Yep. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been cool, and um, I got some uh, some video equipment in the mail this week, and hoping to try and get some video shot soon. Sweet, and that's it. Do you know? Um, since getting the Helix, I have wanted so much less guitar gear. True. <laughs> I've, I used to be, you know, had I had a little shopping list in my head at all times about what pedal I wanted next, and uh, yeah, I just don't anymore since the Helix. It just completely shifted to guitars. Now I just want different guitars. Oh, that's good. I don't. I don't even. I'm pretty happy with my guitars too. Nope. No, I've got like five. That ah, I'm, okay. I'm I'm actively stocking on reverb. I've nice. got in my feed. Okay. And they're all kind of weird, one-off, kind of rare, weirdo guitars. So. You know what weirdo guitar I've been looking at is the What's new that? the new Fender Acoustasonic tele- Telecaster. So we've got a guy in the group that uses one, and he's he's a like he's an old school guy. And the fact that he says that he really likes he really likes it kind of gave me pause because, um, you know, I, I he's he's been very active in the group and. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, what do you think about that? And he's like, honestly, like, I didn't think it was going to be, you know, the answer to this, this situation. And it's just exceeded all expectations. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't looked at it, it's, it's a, it's a Telecaster looking thing, but it's hollow and it has yep. a, has a sound hole. And then it has various forms of acoustic guitar modeling. And it, in some of those settings, it sounds like an acoustic guitar. It sounds like a yeah. full, full body, you know, like a dreadnought something. And, um, and then the acoustic, the electric sounds it can make are pretty darn convincing too. And, um, yeah. uh, it seems like doing acoustic shows with that instead of like a bulky old, you know, old school. Yeah. Well, not old school. I bought it a year ago, but, um, traditional style, traditional style guitar, um, seems pretty attractive. Now paying two grand for one less attractive. Right. I mean, I've got the the Taylor T5, which is a thin line semi hollow. Um, so I'm already doing that. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I think it's the the Acoustasonic may have a bit more bells and whistles because I've had that Taylor now for almost ten years. So hmm. I'm sure things have progressed since then. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was the the Fender was built by somebody who helped build the T5, right? So the conceptually, it's similar. Yeah, I mean, it, it is very, very similar in style and body type and all of that. So yeah. I haven't tried one yet, but I'm I'm interested for sure. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. So um, we didn't have a, a super heavy topic to talk about, but I just thought it would be a wonderful, um, a wonderful perspective uh, episode. So, you know, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. 64 episodes. 64 episodes. Uh, this would be the 64th. Um, 65th, if you count the bonus episode that we released, but that's neither here nor there. Neither. Um, and you know, we have kind of drilled ourselves as the authorities on, um, how to run a business and, you know, professional musicians and yada, yada, yada. But I just thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to show you a little bit of the workings behind the curtain and how, even though we talk like we, um, we have everything figured out, uh, things still seem to not 
work <laughs> the way they're supposed to. So um, Dan uh, already kind of alluded to that earlier with his uh, his tale of um, his substitute. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're being you know particular about the whole situation, you know the if the if the uh, the greatest cover band in the triad can't find subwork, right? You know who has hope? I mean, no one does. There's no, one no does. hope. Yeah. Even though you did find a sub, but true. But I mean, you still. I think the 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 text conversation that you and I had was kind of around the the realm of oh, we shouldn't have to deal with this anymore. You would think that you get to a certain level of whatever that these things kind of go away. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that it's. Um, you know, if you're going to be in this game, that's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no written contracts. There's you. You are kind of. You have to take people at their word. And unlike in prison, uh, people's word isn't worth much. Um, on the outside. And I only say that because I've completely gotten obsessed with these, these two YouTube channels of these guys who used to be like federal, like penitentiary convicts. Wow. And now they have YouTube channels about like what it was like in the inside. Um, I mean, which, you hear you are using, you know, the gritty lingo, like on the inside. Oh no. I mean, I, I like, I have to stop the, the videos and like look stuff up because I have no idea what they're talking <laughs> about. I've learned so many interesting slang terms of things that I never thought I'd, know about well let me ask you this are you clear about the difference between shank and shiv yes and um they don't use those terms they call them uh pieces or tomahawks okay tomahawks yeah interesting so yeah you you don't even you don't even use that and and they don't say that you uh shank or shiv someone it's you stick them oh they got stuck they got stuck yeah wow so wow it's interesting stuff but yeah, if you, if you if you want to fall down a rabbit hole, um, look up um, a guy named Will Watson. He's an intense dude, and then there's another guy named Big Herc who's got another channel. And uh, they I, I found them because they did a crossover <laughs> series <laughs> where they interviewed each other, and uh, that's how I ran into both of those guys. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But if you're at work and you're bored, you should look at you should watch prison prison videos. It's great. Okay. Um. So let me let me I guess go into what we've got going on. So um, we have this big thing coming up in, um, in September with the two bands playing the same bill. And there's a lot of prep work to go into that. And um, our guitar player can't do it. So I've had to secure a sub there, um, which wasn't terribly challenging. Uh, I had enough time and was able to secure a a capable musician to do the job. And that's all well and good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we played an event on a Tuesday night for a uh, for a corporation to do a launch party for a wine label, um, and we in our contract, you know, we always, we're always talking about getting things in writing. Our contract specifically states that um, payment will be will be provided at the end of our performance on the date of the performance. Um, that did not happen, huh. and the person that I was um, interfacing with is a is a family friend and I trusted that they would be good for it um, but I was we did not receive payment the first week and I started to kind of pursue it more actively and then another week went by and we're on the third week and I'm getting very close to having to like stop being cool about it 
because my guys are, are, are hounding me about where the money is, and that's perfectly fine, and I totally get that. But I'm having to then take their their leverage and push my leverage onto my friend who, you know, it can somewhat affect the, the personal relationship. Um, it all kind of shook out that um, in the past three weeks, uh, no check was cut, and it got cut yesterday. Huh. Which I was not pleased with. Um, however, they did rush order, and it is in my hands, and it is currently in the process of being deposited into my bank account. So, right. um, but I mean, I'm talking like almost 30 days after the event, not yeah, getting paid. It's not great. Um, and for those of you guys who are really interested in doing uh, private events and corporate events and that kind of thing, you do end up dealing with this kind of stuff much more frequently uh, because the accounts payable departments in these organizations aren't necessarily cutting checks every week. A lot of them are net 10, net 30. Um, some of them are even pushed further out than that. But um, all is well that ends well. The money came in and you know my guys will get paid tomorrow and we'll be on our way. Um, so that was the first thing that happened. Um, the second thing that popped up is uh, we've and you had didn't, wait, a sh- so you what? didn't you didn't like kick in the door and go where's the money Lebowski that it wasn't how no how did you how did you manage the communications about that in a way that stayed professional and even in this case friendly tell me about that so this person is is a family friend who hired us you know because they liked us um, and so about a week ago. It was like, hey, person, do you know anything about the check? I still haven't received it. And then, you know, she responds, oh, you should receive it any day. Sorry for the delay. Um, Let me ask the person when they come in. Three days later, hey, did you hear back from accounts payable? Still haven't received check. And then she's that person's like, oh, it's just sent another note. So yesterday or Monday, I it got a bit more locked in. So my last my last response to her was, Hey person, haven't you, have you gotten any line of sight about our check? You had mentioned you would check with accounts payable, but I haven't heard anything back about the status. If the check has been drafted slash sent. And she wrote back and, and, you know, kind of gave me the actual thing. She said the check will be cut and mailed tomorrow, which I was not pleased with because that is roughly 30 days. Um, they they hadn't even cut the check. It wasn't like it got, you know, processed and lost or whatever. Like they just, they literally hadn't even done it. Um, but it, because today was the, the thing was should arrive on Wednesday. If I had walked out to my mailbox and it hadn't gotten there, I would have to like, we, we were going to, about to abruptly change tone. Um, because we do have a contract and we do have a lawyer on retainer and, you know, I probably would have, uh, I would have, um, escalated that issue. So I would have had our, our lawyer draft a a letter to them and say, you are in breach of contract. You are, you know, X number of days out. Um, you know, if we do not hear back from on this date, we will be pursuing other options including things like charging interest and that kind of thing. So, um, we didn't have to get, go that far, but you do have to be prepared to chase your money down when, um, you know, as a vendor, uh, it's unfortunately just kind of the, the name of the business. Totally. I, I will say every time I've had to do that, the booker, um, who I've been interacting with has really no control over the timing of the payment and can, you know, make noise and try to move things along. But, 
it's not really in their hands. And for, and two a one. Every time I've had this happen, they are mortified. Yeah. Um, and you know, very apologetic. Not that, that gets you paid any faster, right? Um, but uh, that happened to us at a party winter before last, and they finally paid. But it was like it was several weeks later, and, and yeah. you know, our agreement had been to be paid the night of. Um, and then they booked us again. Well, she reached out to me for the same party again the next year and like opened with, listen, I've already got your payment cleared. <laughs> it's like she, yeah. she knew I was going to be, you know, it was such a thing afterward. Like she, she wanted us back. We were great. Really you know, had a great relationship with her and she was really apologetic about the problem with payment. And she knew that she, um, needed to satisfy me about that before I'd even consider it. Uh, and she yeah, did. I mean, and we played that and had a great time. So it was all great the second time around. Um, but yeah, well, we you know if if the, we do other stuff with this organization, we will be that will be a part of the um, demonstration. Or I'm sorry, the the conversation. Oh, you should um, get it in advance. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was all kind of last minute, but still, it was very frustrating to to deal with. Um, because again, you know, you've got guys your guys breathing down your neck about, you know, procuring the payment and you have no control over the situation. And then you're escalating that to a person who also has no control over the situation. Right. And it's just this kind of helpless feeling. Right. It's just very frustrating. Right. Would you ever so. go out of pocket to make your guys whole? Um, I've done it before. Uh, in this particular instance, I didn't have uh, the liquidity to do that. Yeah. Um, there, around this time last year, we, we had had, a solid three or four gigs kind of piled up in a, in a short period. And we had one of these late payments and I did, I just floated the money and it wasn't that big of a deal because right. we were still very, we were still very liquid. Um, and it's just this particular deal. We just got back from that trip, um, from Chicago and, you know, had spent most of my discretionary income and all my fun money. So I didn't have anything to float them with, Right. but yeah, if I can, I will, Sure. but I didn't. So I didn't. <laughs> that is how it works. Yeah. Anywho, so that was that. Um, the other thing that happened was we had a show on the books for this coming Saturday. Um, it's been confirmed for months at this point. And um, on Monday, so like two days ago, I had woken up to a very, it was, we, we had a very challenging morning. Um, our our four-year-old has been just kind of hard to manage uh he kind of woke up on the uh, on the war path so we were dealing with that um i walked downstairs and my there was water in my um in my basement and I come to realize that the uh condenser line on my air conditioner had stopped up and yep. was uh leaking into our rehearsal space i know all about this mine, so mine does it too do you have one of the co2 blowout guns no, I actually um, ended up YouTubing and going to Lowe's and, and making a uh, a shop vac attachment to suck it out. Oh, interesting. So, so just like in uh, Spaceballs. Uh, you, you went, went from, from suck to blow. No, you went from suck to blow. You went from blow to suck. Right. Nice. But yeah, because so, my, my line doesn't have one of those access points where you can like pour drain cleaner or anything in it. Right. It's old school. Right. So I had to do it from the outside. And uh, once I did it, it was fine. But it was just kind of like not the way I wanted to start my day. So I got to work and I'd like, you know, I did my, my meditation and my yoga and like got centered and got my head in the right space. And then right before lunch, as I was about to go out for my walk, uh, to clear my head and listen to a podcast, I got a text from our bass player that goes, Hey, um, you know, I'm going to be in LA on Saturday, right? 
And uh, I checked my band helper account, and uh, he had not responded. So I did not know that. Uh-huh. Uh, it also uh, became uh, apparent from band helper. And again, the, the, the show's been confirmed so long, I hadn't even looked at it. Uh, our guitar player wasn't available either. Who? So... As I was going on my lunch on Monday, uh, I realized that half of my band was not going to come to this show. Uh. Now, in other circumstances and in other instances, I probably would have been in a much more stressed headspace. But, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get anybody to, you know, get on a program or anything like that. But I will say that, like, meditating before I go into work and just having like time with like watching my, like my breathing and just kind of like thinking through my day has definitely like improved my ability to process, um, situations. Good. So, um, I just started going down my list and, um, secured a bass player that, um, I was for sure was not going to be available, but was, who's very talented, who, who plays this material already, um, and was actually super game to play with us. He was like, I've, I've been, you know, I, I'd, I've been really wanting to play with you guys. So, uh, that part worked out fine and, um, tweaked the set list a little bit and I'm going to play guitar for everything. So there you go. solved. And it did, it was one of those things that did resolve itself fairly quickly. Um, and, you know, a, a number of things were, were at play. Um, I had a good network of guys, you know, I, the guy that, who said yes was probably the sixth guy I called. Um, and I also had the ability to fill the spot as a guitar player. Um, so those are things that are kind of unique to our situation. Um, but it was still one of those things where I was just like, man, like we, we should, we should be better than this. By now. <laughs> yeah, really. You know what I mean? We should, why am I having to deal with this? So, you know, when Dan was like, Hey, what are we talking about? I was like, Oh, I'd know exactly. What <laughs> yeah. We should be, uh, we should be beyond all these petty, you know, scheduling snafus. Yeah. But I mean, it is the reality of the situation. We are, you know, we're working stiffs with, you know, families and jobs and things like that. And this stuff just kind of happens. And, you know, your ability to adapt and um, continue through is is going to be the thing that that keeps you going. For sure. It's going to be the thing that, you know, solidifies your reputation and gives you um, the ability to to continue to be successful um, because you you can't necessarily have a, a solid lineup that can do all the things all the time. Um until you reach a certain level of prominence and success. And even if you hit what, you know, a moderate level of success, you're still going to deal with these kinds of issues. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that ties in with, um, something else I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, uh, but first this. Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that literally puts your band in the spotlight. Your band stage presence and image are critical to your success. Chauvet DJ lighting can add visual energy to attract crowds and set your band apart from the competition. Adding lighting to your gigs not only helps the audience see who's rocking, but bands who have even basic lighting have been perceived to actually sound better. Chauvet DJ makes lighting easy with systems that can be set up and torn down in a matter of seconds. From subtle color washes and fades to high energy strobes and chases, Chauvet DJ makes lighting control just as easy. 
Shove DJ's LED products have multiple control options, including auto programs and sound activation modes, wireless foot switches, perfect for guitarists, and remote control options. Chauvet DJ's innovative Bluetooth wireless technology lighting products can be controlled right from a phone or tablet with no additional hardware needed using the free BT Air app available for both Apple and Android devices. Chauvet DJ Gear also has conventional DMX inputs and outputs for more advanced programming options. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Okay, we're back. (laughs) So in, in real time there, no time passed. I added the... Audio in in post, but um, uh, but we're back from that. What was to us just now? A two second break. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, having not been on the podcast for essentially two episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it was interesting to listen to that. I did. I did listen to them. I did more than my vanity listen. It was actually just a listener <laughs> listen. Nice. Uh, and there was something that came up a couple of times. It came up actually with um, Mike. Of the pork tornadoes, and then it came up a couple of times in your conversation with Jimmy that that is actually related to the things we were just talking about. Um, and I just wanted to, from a branding perspective, just check back in about them because there was something that Mike said that was about how you have to pretend to be bigger than you are. Yeah. You know, we put out that we're up here, but we're really down here. Is what he said. Right. And then. I think with Jimmy, you you referenced that, and you, I think the phrase you used was putting on airs. Probably that sounds like a thing I would say. So, um, I just want to say I don't I don't think I don't think either of those are the most useful way to hold that phenomenon. I do know what you're talking about. <clears throat> I, I know what he's talking about, and I know what you were talking about with Jimmy. Um, it's in the same bucket as like fake it till you make it. Right. Which I think is also not a very helpful way of thinking of that phenomenon. Yeah, it, it's a term that, um, you know, we have used previously that I think now has um, I, I, has has shaken itself out to be not the actual, th- what you should be doing. Yeah, because it's not, the thing about branding is there's nothing fake about it. Yeah, I, I think what we were saying is is, you know, you can project the ability to do things before you can do them. Totally. But it's not necessarily, you're not lying. You're just, you're curating. Sure. And, and, and there's you a know, difference there. Somebody for sure. who lies about their track record, that's a different thing. I'm not talking about that. Please don't right. do that. Right. That's faking it till you make that's, it. No, that's just lying. Yeah. Do <laughs> you, you, there's no guarantee you're ever going to make it. You're just lying. But creating a brand that positions you as a certain thing, a certain prominent charismatic uh, thing and then doing the work to design a, 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 an appearance and a way of talking and a way of writing about yourself that expresses that even though God knows in the back of your head you're like oh it's not really me like I got my stupid little doubts back there I think the question is which one's really you and I would say the really what's really you is what comes out of your mouth yeah and yet the doubts in the back of your head, I don't know, you'll have those because you're a human being, but it, identifying with those and thinking that what you're projecting is somehow the fake part is, I think, a very, um, I think it's very damaging to what you're out to cause to hold it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to come back and say, like, look, branding is, um, 
there's a cynical way of hold, uh, of seeing branding is that it's all you know made up lying posturing to telling people what they ought to think of you um and it is all those things but if you um if you're able to own the brand and inhabit the brand and design it in a way that you can speak it authentically then you know yeah, all right, it's a show you put on, but fine. So is what it's like when you walk into work or when you go see your mom or, you know, that's what we do as human beings. And um, I don't know about your mom. <laughs> uh, maybe I take that back. I don't know. Which is what you do on a date, for God knows. You know, it's what you do at, you know, at a job interview. Yeah. You put your best foot forward and that's all this is. And it's not yep. like, you know, if you don't lie at a job interview and don't lie when you're talking about someone to book your band, right? But do put your best foot forward and have them have them know who you say you are and then be ready to back that up and be ready to support it. But that doesn't mean that you're not um it doesn't mean that the doubts you might have about that are more valid than what you're communicating. In fact, they're less. Indeed. I think that's the that's the rant I wanted to go on briefly about that because it's it's just um, I hear people say fake it till you make it I just I just kind of leave my body when they say that because most of the time it's not that at all it's just you know there's something that I am standing for being and if I can't if for me that's fake I'll never get there right but I'm standing yeah, I mean, you for should, it it's like yeah, a stand you, I'm taking yeah of course yeah I mean you you want to make sure that you know. You can, you have you actually have the goods to back it up. Sure, and, I, and that was the point. That was the point that I was trying to make with uh, with Jimmy was that th- they don't really have to do that. I think what they're concerned with is more of like a, an image thing, because they kind of they had kind of garnered a reputation um, because they hadn't intentionally gone through and thought about their branding, and so their their brand kind of their their brand kind of man- manifested without them, right? And now they're kind of in the in the process of not really doing damage control per se, but like retooling yeah. their outward appearance. Totally. Yeah, they're pulling the ownership of it back from whatever the market has decided they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. You know, that's when you get to that place um and your brand exists out there, you know, kind of willy nilly <laughs> without much input from you. Yeah, that's 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 it's tough because then you know, not only do you have to stand up whatever your new brand is going to be, but you also have to overcome what it's become to mean in the market. Yeah. So, you know, for sure, it's challenging. Yeah, and you know, for for bands kind of coming up and and trying to figure all of this out, um, it is kind of difficult because you hear a lot of you hear a lot of advice and i mean shoot we're spitting advice all the time and yep. it's easy to just you can find whatever it is you want to find to confirm whatever biases you have but um i sort of you know i've i've talked about gary vaynerchuk a few times uh, on on the pod and he talks a lot about how faking it till you make it is damaging and how it's not really the way to to do things right. um and and i if i ever uh conveyed that to somebody uh about the way that you should be branding or selling yourself as a group, uh, I do regret that because yeah, that's I'm, not. It, I'm not sure not you really ever said it quite like that. I just sure. it was, I kind of heard it in the background of some some of the no, things. No, no, no. no. I, it's it's something that I've been thinking about as well. So I'm I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, good. You know, I, I expect some questions about this <laughs> in, the, in yes. the Facebook group this week, and um, you can email us questions about this. Um, what is it to 
stand for a brand that you aren't quite yet. Stand by your brand. Stand by your brand. God, I should. You know, somebody asked about um, branding a solo act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the solo acoustic thing. And um, and I really, I spent some time writing my response, and I loved I loved what I came back with that was like short but said it, which was. You know, figure out what your show promises to the market and then come up with ways to communicate that in words, images, and actions and then stick with those. Yep. I mean, that's branding. It is. So I've been doing some some revision of the the branding section of the the book that we're working on. So, yeah, I've put a couple, I've I've put some virtual ink to virtual paper as well. Yes. Yes. So yes. we're we're no closer than we were. Oh no, that's not, that's, that's not true. I pro- probably wrote two pages on uh, writing set lists. Uh, okay. Today, so you, you should check that out. I put a couple. Yeah, I put some pages down, um, but have not touched it this week. I've been spending my uh, my lunch hours uh, learning guitar parts <laughs> for the show. It's very good. It's not how I was planning on spending my week, but um, hey, well, it is what it is. It is. So yeah, Very good. good talk. We uh, I think we'll have we have some exciting stuff coming up, so there'll be much to talk about next week. Yep. But uh, I think I think we're in a good spot. Yep, I think so good too. Good talk for sure. Thank you guys again for your uh, continued support. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, on the Facebook page, and the Facebook group. Uh, we've got two of them. Uh, the group's actually taken off a bit more than the page. There, we're about yes. double. Uh, uh, followers there. Um, if you do listen to this podcast and you have not submitted a, um, a review, uh, please do so. It does help, uh, people find us in the search and, um, that would be super helpful, uh, for us to continue to grow and yep. share stuff with all of the people that we want to talk to. Yep. So also please share the podcast with your bandmates and your, your wife and your husband and cousins, all of them, high school band sure. teacher. Absolutely. Or that guy. That guy. Oh, that guy. share it with that guy. That guy needs to know about this. 100%. Well, that'll do it for this week from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 64. Have a great week. <laughs>